The following episode contains strong language and explicit but necessary conversation topics. This is a change of pace for the Embrace podcast, but I feel it's important to use our platform. This is a non-diabetic related episode. What we will be speaking about today is the current state of America, social injustice, the fight for equality, and the importance of the Black Lives Matter movement. The reason we are speaking about this today is because I believe that diabetics are fighters. Not only do we fight for ourselves, but we fight for others. That is the embodiment of what Embrace stands for. Embracing what we cannot change and fighting for what we can. We hold hands together in providing supplies to you guys, but how do we get those supplies? They are donated from others, and then we get those supplies to the people that request them. We are people helping people. So if Embrace is about what we say we're about, why would we stand by as the tragedy is happening around the country? I realize that this is a non-diabetic related episode, but that is why I'm giving you this caution before the episode begins, but I urge its importance. Type 1 diabetics are fighters. We fight every day. Our own bodies are fighting against us, but we fight, we stand up, and we do it together as a community. I believe us as individuals can't do that beyond type 1 diabetes, and I believe we are not only failing as embrace, but we are failing as a society. I'm not a person of color. I don't share that same experience or pain, but I do know what is happening is wrong, and I want to bring awareness to that. Once again, the following episode is a non-diabetic related episode, although we do tie in diabetes more than expected. The following contains sensitive content, strong language, but if you are going to stay and you are here, welcome, and I appreciate you listening. Today we have Anita Nicole Brown with us, and she is going to give her point of view on everything that is happening. Anita is a black type 1 diabetic and is married to a white police officer. I believe what she speaks about today can speak volumes to all generations. Honestly, for everyone involved, like the biggest thing together mm-hmm. like i'm sorry i don't i don't give a damn who you are you're not gonna do this by yourself mm-hmm. and we as a race we're not gonna do this by ourselves period like you kind of feel like you're in the middle between two i guess uh groups of people right because I, I can just imagine there's like you mentioned about facebook is like people like oh why don't you stand with the black community and people who are like oh you married your oppressor i've heard that statement so and it's like it's a really evil statement like it's really crazy that people still think like that where it's like you know it's insanity um but then also going to um your husband being um in the force and being white and the i guess backlash you get from from that and then just kind of mental process on both of those ends and where you think um, the solution is to all of this, this crazy stuff. So I guess kind of explain where, who you are and who your husband is and then you know, from there. So um, I'm, I'm just a person. <laughs> <laughs> I am an aspiring type one diabetic. Uh, or I'm sorry, I'm a type one. One day you'll be a, a, a diabetic, one day. Yeah, I'll get you. Today, be like, you know what? I don't feel like going to work today. I'm gonna get back today. So, so I'm a type one diabetic, aspiring actress, uh, ballroom dancer, ballroom dance instructor, um, uh, the combat fighter. <laughs> um, you know, I, I uh, bowler, all of that fun crap and stuff like that. Um, I met my husband through my father long time ago. Mm-hmm. When I say long time ago, my mm-hmm. husband is eight years older than me. Mm-hmm. And 
when me and my little sister saw him, she was like, ooh, that's going to be my boyfriend. <laughs> and we were both underage. I mean, yeah. so, yeah, it wasn't happening. <laughs> yeah. Because I think I was maybe 16 or something. Mm. So, and like I said, he's eight years older. So he didn't, she was like, oh, look at them little girls. Get them away from me. <laughs> me and my little sister, like, we'd go and watch my dad bowl. And, like, my husband, my dad was always like, that's his son. So we were like, daddy, no. Um, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. that's not our brother no, just, no not working so we used to go and watch him bowl with my dad and like do all the talking and, and all that fun shit and then I remember I told my sister I was like I don't know how you think you gonna get him she was like I'm gonna get him I was like sweetheart I'm gonna be legal age before I got him first so I remember telling my sister that the one time my age worked for me because I got three years on my little sister. So I was like, I'm going to be 21. You ain't even going to be 18. I got this. Like, so let's go. So, so that was pretty much what me and my sister said to each other about my husband. Mm-hmm. So when, when everything, like I started uh, going to the bowling alley more and I'm older now and all of that stuff. And so he, him and my dad, they're still close, still tight and everything. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, hmm. So let me try talking to him. Mm-hmm. I started talking to him and everything. And then I gave him my phone number and told him, and like, he gave me his information. And then I remember about a week went past and I just emailed him mm-hmm. and I was just like, so what, what, what kind of women are you interested in? Like, are you, are you seeing anybody? Is all of that? Mm-hmm. And so he responded back and like, he still teases me. He was like, man, you just straight made the pass and everything. <laughs> They didn't even give me a time to, you know? <laughs> but it was true. I'm not gonna lie. I was just like, he taking too long to. Long. I ain't got time for all that. And so we started dating then, mm-hmm. and I was with him when he was waiting to get accepted into the academy and everything. We had to go through the training when he made it. When mm. he first year, second, like all of that. I've been with him through all of that. I remember when he had to get a gun and I was like, for real? (laughs) He was like, um, yeah. And the thing that I loved about him was he made me go with him to fire it, to learn how to operate it, to learn how to work it, to learn because he was like, he can't have it in the household if I don't know how to use it. Mm. So he made it a point to make sure I understood. Um, everything he went through with training and things like that, I remember him coming home, showing me, teaching me. Some of my fighting and things like that is because when they have to learn how to get out of an escalation, if they're restrained or if they have to do this, he's telling me, okay, so to do this, we're supposed to do it this way and this way. Mm. So he was showing me all of this stuff and everything, you know? So it was, it was nice because it was like, I was going through the Academy with him, mm-hmm. but he wanted to make sure I knew what he was going through, you know? And he's, um, he's actually sight trained because okay. that was part of his training or training that he chose to go through while he was going through the Academy and everything. So he's sight trained and everything and all of that stuff. And I remember having to teach him about diabetes. Okay. 
<laughs> How you guys went through your own trainings, yeah. How oh yeah, <laughs> like it was it was so much we were learning about each other. Like it was and like I was scared because when I was diagnosed in high school, I had my boyfriend break up with me because it was too difficult for him to deal with. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People. I mean, my oh. diabetes, oh my God, it was so hard. <laughs> such a such a drain on his life. I know, I know. It's just taking up all his life and everything. <laughs> I'm in the hospital and shit. But it was him that was whatever. Wow. But yeah, like he broke up with me because of that. And I remember I was thinking, Will, like this could become a problem. Mm. You know, like I'm not gonna lie, all of us, we know type one can be a bitch. Like, we know that. It can be a pain. It could be unpredictable. Like, we know that. We don't have a choice, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like we can get a new deck of cars and be like, (laughs) "Uh, can I turn in diabetes? (laughs) I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, like, we don't get a choice, but the people that choose to be around us, they kind of do get a choice. Mm -hmm. And I knew, I was like, I'm going to be fighting for a long time to find someone that's going to be willing Mm -hmm. to sit and learn and understand. Like, and that's asking a lot from someone Mm -hmm. because I said, I can't have people around me that don't know what to do because if something happens to me and you don't know what to do, that is my life. Mm -hmm. So I needed to make sure whoever I was dating, whoever I was with, whoever I was involved with, they understood. Right. Like our our first date, oh my God, my mom. Oh. She brought my husband into the room, uh, into her bedroom. She was in the bedroom with my stepdad. And she said, Anita, go get your insulin and syringes. I was like, oh, huh? Dang. Wait, Ma, what the, why, why, why do you want me to go get that? <laughs> he was like, uh-uh, bring it in here. And so my husband comes in and she's just like, so, you know, she's a diabetic. He goes, yeah, she, she mentioned it to me. She was telling me about it. She was like, mm-hmm. so where y'all going to eat? Uh, I was thinking maybe for some pasta or something, maybe pizza or whatever. I'm not sure. And she was like, mm, so you understand how carbs work and everything. And he was like, I'm still learning. And she was like, all right, well, you see them syringes? Okay, so pick up her MPH and pick up that syringe. I want you to give her 30, put 30 units in the, in the syringe and he was just like um uh, right right now right and she was just like, oh, my mom didn't play she was like he ain't dealing with this we gonna slowly work him into this yeah. she was like no he gonna find out right now <laughs> and she was like and she he did it and i was just like oh okay yay he's doing good and she was like i had to need to get your arm ready so he can inject you i was like uh ma um can, can oh. we talk about this oh, no nope. my. my mom was like he wants to be a part of your life. He needs to know how to do this. And my mom, <laughs> our first date, made him give me my insulin. Injection. Oh, dang. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't imagine that, man. I would have been, been like, actually, let's not go on the date anymore. <laughs> I'm thinking I ain't going to never see this dude. Yeah, yeah. This date is nice, but this is the last time I'm going to see him. <laughs> I might as well enjoy it. I swear I thought that was it. But he was just like, man, that was kind of cool. And I was yeah. like, wait, Dang. what? Yeah. And he's been there ever since. Mm-hmm. He's That's fought awesome, with man. me for everything, you know? So mm-hmm. it's just like, we've, he's had to understand diabetes. 
uh, I've had to understand him being a cop. We like, to be honest, like, we don't really, we kind of pick on each other. Mm -hmm. We kind of like, we do racially pick on each other. Not <laughs> a lot. Um, he might come home. I'll be like, Ooh, I smell pig. He's like, <laughs> He's like, can you let me take a shower first? But, but, but that's what we do. Yeah, He's yeah, saying, yeah. I'm going to go get something to eat. You want some fried chicken and water? I'm like, you want some great soda. You know, like, so I'm not going to lie. We pick on each other racially. Oh, we totally do. Yeah. But, it's, it's just, it's, it's in fun. Like, it's yeah, not, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. we're not really being harmful or anything, you know, and stuff like that. Like, but that's what we do. Yeah. You know, like, um, there are, um, I don't know if people know, like, I would never do this to him, but I've joked about it, but I would never do it. Mm -hmm. So one of the things one of his uh, fellow officers went through, he was going through a divorce. Mm -hmm. And the wife decided to say he was abusing her. Oh, man. In the instance of not all, but in his friend's case, the minute she made that charge, he lost his badge and everything. He lost his job, all of that. Later, it was found out it was false. All of it was false. It was unjustified and everything. And she literally said that just to get back at him. So I've made, like I said, I would never do that, but I've actually made jokes. I was like, man, keep that up. I'm a, I was like, you know, I'm going to go uh, boxing in a minute and I'm going to go to your job and tell them you did this. He was like, <laughs> damn, for real? I was like, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm totally joking. I would never, I would never fuck with your career like that. I would like that. I'm sorry. He yeah. was like, no, that was kind of cruel, but you know, funny just a little bit. So, but it's like, but it's, it's something that we do, you know, like, yeah. um, it's like him being white and everything. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, I want to go and do something. I was like, well, can you um like hook me up? Like, you white man, go question you. So you want to do this real quick? Yeah, he yeah. was like, yeah, I think I got this. Like, you, know, but it, you know, like it's, yeah. it's what I love. Like, I don't have to be such a stick in the mud. And he doesn't right. have to be such a stick in the mud. And I know when the chips are down, he's got I don't mm -hmm. have to question it. Anyone is gives me shit because of my race, because I'm a diabetic, because I'm female. If they give me any shit over that, I don't have to say anything because he will. Mm -hmm. You know? That's and awesome. when all of this started happening, like, and this was years ago, mm -hmm. not gonna lie, this was years ago, when it started happening and everything, like, I was just like, all right, so what's your opinion? And he was just like, yeah, no, they need to die. He was like, they need to be in jail. They need to get the death penalty. Like there's, mm -hmm. I was like, death penalty. He was like, no, they, no, they need, you know, like he is against any officer that misuses their position, mm -hmm. that misuses their roles and things like that. He's gotten in trouble with his job because of stuff like that. You know, like he will not allow it. You know, that is just him. That has always been him. Um, there was an instance we were at the bowling alley and you might hear a lot of bowling stories. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, maybe you should stop going to this bowling alley. A lot of stuff is going just, down in this bowling just, alley. Yeah. Just, just letting you know, because I bowl a lot. So yeah. I hope my dad is a bowler. Okay. Uh, okay. husband is sense. a bowler. My mom was a bowler. My stepdad was a bowler. My auntie was, or my uh, stepmom was a bowler. My little sister, my twin oh, brother dang. was a bowler. Like my family are 
they're bowlers, okay? Yeah. So <laughs> you might hear a lot about bowling. But this one particular night, I'll never forget it. And I remember, and it was me and my dad, uh, my husband, one of his friends, uh, two or three of our gay bowling friends, mm -hmm. they were white. Uh, my husband and his friend were white. Me and my dad were black. And we had uh, one or two of our Hispanic friends as well. Mm -hmm. We were all just hanging out bowling and having fun. And we were almost done. And this, these group of, they had to be at least 21. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I can't say for sure. But they came in to bowl and everything. And they walked past us and they kind of gave us this look. And we were just like, yeah. Okay. So we're still bowling and having fun. And I remember uh our gay friends, oh my god, Michael, he's oh he's fucking <laughs> um he's he's oh I love that man. Um, but like you know, they're talking, he was like, So if I get this strike, I'm going home with your husband. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, is that the deal? Is that how this working out? Like, it's like we we have so much fun together, you know? Yeah. So we're bowling and everything, and then we noticed that he was being picked on by that group of kids that walked in. Now, I'm sorry, but it was a group of black kids. Mm -hmm. And they walked in and I, they just pinpointed my gay friend. Now, my friend, Mike, he may be gay. That dude is built. That is, <laughs> you, no. He's not missing, yeah. Don't. Don't mess with this guy. No, exactly. <laughs> do not do that with him. But they did something in the bowling alley and like the security uh, guards had to go and tell them, okay, we're going to have to ask you out. No, they were, the guys were running into the ladies' rooms and stuff like that and hanging out in there and everything. And they were just like, we need you guys to leave. Mm -hmm. You know, this is behavior we cannot allow. So we need you guys to leave. So they're walking out of the bowling alley. And again, they're walking past us. And then they're, they stopped and then they start talking and then they're talking loud enough so my friend Mike heard them, mm -hmm. you know? And he's just like, and I remember my husband was like, Mike, Mike, and Mike was like, no, nah, no. Nah. He was like, you know, if you got something to say, why don't you just come and say it to me instead of talking behind my oh, back? Dang. You know, he was like, if you have something to say, say it. Mm -hmm. So the dude literally walks up to Michael and just giving him shit over being gay, talking about him and everything. And he goes to swing at Michael. Oh my Michael God. dodged it and knocked the dude out. <laughs> then everybody decided to try and jump on him. Oh, All man. of the friends decided to do it. And they're trying to jump on him. And so security's coming, grabbing them, trying to get them out the bowling alley and everything. My husband, his friends, they're trying to pull everyone off of our, our gay friends and stuff, stop them from doing all of this and everything. Mm -hmm. um, and they just weren't. So they security finally got them out of the uh, bowling alley. They still refused to leave. Security went out there and told them, we need you guys to leave. This was one man. All of them jumped on top of him. Wow. My husband, he's a cop, mm -hmm. okay? He may have been off duty. He couldn't let that stand. Mm -hmm. So he's running out there and I tried everything possible to grab him and stop him I, I couldn't like that that just wasn't happening he was faster than me 
Yeah. And I'm trying to stop him and everything. <laughs> and, you know, and like, it's, it's like a huge brawl. It's like, I think we, and then like my gay friend was out there too, trying to help the cop, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I want to say it was like three or four people from our group and from the bowling alley that were mm-hmm. out there. And they had at least 10. And they were all jumping on top of them and everything, swinging and all of that stuff. And so we called the police. Mm. So squad cars showed up and everything. And the interesting thing was the comments that me and my father got from them. Oh, we were sellouts because we didn't stand with them. I'm I'm sorry. What, What? (laughs) <laughs> Our group was the most diverse group there. Yeah. You know, we weren't putting up with that. You can't talk about someone because they're gay and think it's okay. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing about somebody talking about y'all because you're black. Doesn't make any sense. Like you right. can't you can't expect us to stand by you when you were going against another minority. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, he was a white gay man, but he was still a gay man. He's dealing with bullshit just like we are dealing with bullshit. And you guys didn't care. Not to mention, you swung first. Yeah. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No. And like, (laughs) they got arrested. and Well, some of them ran and everything. But then some of them did get arrested. And I remember my husband, him and uh, the other officer did get hit and everything. My husband's jaw was broken on both sides. Um, Yeah. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't remember what happened to the other officer. I think he did go to the hospital. I can't remember for certain, but mm. we had to go to the court date. Like okay. they were arrested. We had to go to the court, uh, go, go to the hearing and everything and stuff like that. And they were trying to press charges against our gay friend. For what exactly? <laughs> that's what I was trying to understand. Because I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Oh, man. But it was just, it was interesting because there was no reason any of that should have happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. We had a huge diverse group. We had black, we had white, we had gay, we had Hispanic. Like, we had a huge diverse group. We were all getting along. Mm-hmm. That's how I hope we can move forward now, mm-hmm. you know, because I have friends that are officers, I have friends that are um, uh, friends that are not officers. I have detective friends. I have um, white friends. I have black friends. I have Asian friends. I have Hispanic friends. I have like, I have, obviously I used to bowl in the gay league. So I have mm-hmm. a lot of gay <laughs> friends and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I say my guy, uh, Virgil, I call him my gay husband because <laughs> He's like, that's, that's my boy, okay? Like, <laughs> that's my husband, but he's gay. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that's my gay husband. I'm like, you know, so that's my boy and everything, you know? But yeah. it's just like, when we all hang out and things like that, we don't have problems with each other. We all support each other. We mm. defend each other. We stand by each other, you know? And I want to see the world do that. You know, if we could get to that point, all of this would no longer be needed. You know, if the, like with the police, like, yes, some, some training, everything, all of that shit. Yes. (laughs) But 
I'm sorry, we're, we're always going to need police. I, yeah. I, I know people are like, we need to get rid of police and everything and stuff like that. Hardcore truth, we still going to have murderers and killers. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just saying, like, they, right. they don't be here no matter what. Right. And a lot of murderers and killers really don't give a fuck what you look like. They just they just want to do it. They may have something wrong with them, but mm -hmm. it's just what they want to do. So mm -hmm. we're always going to need some form of law enforcement around, but we need to make sure law enforcement understands not just how to treat black people. No, just how to treat people, mm -hmm. you know, proper protocols, you know, um, it's, it's like, uh, the Brie, Brie Taylor. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Her birthday is June 5th. Mm -hmm. No. Oh, isn't that the same as yours? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I was just like, well, my birthday is going to be interesting. Tomorrow. Oh man. <laughs> like it, it just, but in that yeah. instance, like, cause I was asking my husband about it. He was, he literally said, what the fuck is a no-knock warrant? I was like, I was asking you that. He I heard, like, yeah. He was like, I ain't never heard of no shit like that. I was like, okay, I'm just checking. Right. You know? But oh like, yeah, in situations like that, like, I don't, I don't get it. It's like, I can understand them wanting to get the person, wanting to get their guy, wanting to get this criminal or whatever. Like, no, 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 no. Let me, let me rephrase that. I can understand them wanting to get murderers and killers off the street. Mm -hmm. This was a drug deal mm -hmm. or a supposed drug situation. Mm -hmm. This was not a murderer or killer or anything like that. So right. breaking in and firing, why? And it was like 20 and you said 20 uh, shots to one person and eight to her. Some crazy yeah, amount like that. she had eight shots. Oh, but it, it's instances like that. Like, so they need to, Yeah, I feel like point. they don't remember the rules and regs and the laws and things like that, that are in motion mm -hmm. or that have already been established that have already been set. You know, I feel like, like my husband, he constantly has to get recertification for everything, especially because he deals in instances that require psych trained people. Mm -hmm. So he's constantly having to be recertified and retrained. I think his is like every six to eight months. Okay. He's always got to go back to the academy and go through certain things, certain trainings and things like that all over again. Mm -hmm. I think that should be mandated. Okay. Period. All officers across the board. Needs to mandated. have that, that um, training every six to eight months. Yes. Mandatory. No mm -hmm. ifs, ands, or buts about it. And then when policies and things like that change, especially when policies and stuff change, they need to be educated on that as well. When you know, okay, this is wrong, things like that. This is why you can't do this. This is why we need to start doing things this way. They need to be retrained, re-educated. Right. Re you know, like it has to be an ongoing learning process because in real life, that's what life is. Mm -hmm. You're always learning. And right. the minute you stop learning, that's the minute you need to figure out something else to do. A hundred percent. So if these things are implemented, put forth and things like that, I think we might see better officers, officers mm -hmm. that understand how to talk to people. Uh, I want to say like, 
even with some of the training, you know, maybe have people, um, some people that may have been picked up for misdemeanors, they may have been a little bit more police brutality than necessary and stuff like that, you know, maybe they went through that, but maybe during these recertification and retraining and re-education programs, have these people talk and explain to them, you oh, know, when you did this, you know, I had a tail light out and you dragged me out of the car and you did this. Like, I don't understand why, you know, like maybe have that be a part so they understand what it is they're doing. Right. Why people may look at them like this, mm -hmm. you know, understand those things. But I feel like if, if we do that, maybe it will help make them more normal. Right, I could. Yeah. Sucks. Why do we gotta say police aren't normal? But you know, <laughs> yeah, right, I, I, right. I get, I get, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, a thousand percent agree with that. And I never even thought about that. But, um, I like where I work. I, I, I um, I'm a behavioral health technician for um, troubled youth, so kids who've like, who are in foster care who need like rehabilitation as far as like social cues and uh, kids who've been like uh, molested or abused physically, mentally, all those types of things. And they, those kids are like incredibly hurt and they a lot of kids don't understand how to express that so it's either by anger or they go they're i've seen kids are like six seven, year, seven years old and they're depressed or like you know and a lot of these times i've worked there for like three years a lot of the times the only way they know how is to hit throw rocks all those things towards me and and all the other people who are there and we're a, a lot of the um it's called respite a lot of people who do uh, a lot of companies that do respite are uh you're allowed to do holds on them and things like that, but we're a no hold type of right. company, which is really good. But we have to do the training of, if it does get to a point where it gets so escalated that you have, like they're hurting kids or whatever, we have to go through the training every, legit every six months of the correct holds to do, what, like how to deescalate, how to do everything before that happens, like all those things. And I could totally see that um, being super effective with, with uh, the, you know, with police. And what you're yeah. saying, yeah, and what you're saying about the, uh, that's another good thing too, is what you're saying about people being who have been um, faced, I guess, treated. Yeah, right. brutality. I think it's. Let them hear. Like, yeah, this is a humanity part of it. You, you hear, yeah, you hear that person say it, and you're like, okay, I can actually see what, you know, I understand what, how you're feeling, and like, I'll take that into account next time I feel like doing that same, when I'm in that same situation. That's a really mm -hmm. that's a good point. I even, like, even during the training, like, have them like play the different roles, you know, mm -hmm. one plays the people, another one plays the cop and yeah. see how they would feel about that. Mm -hmm. You know, if this happened to you, like have them talk about what are you feeling right now? Yeah. You know, all you did was you ran a stop sign and they pulled you out the car at gunpoint. There's like, how does that make you feel? You know, have yeah. them experience that and have them talk about it, you know, understand firsthand what this means. Like, you know, because then maybe, maybe they'll be like, fuck, I, I ain't like that. Like yeah. that felt like shit, Doesn't feel you know? Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately you're going to have some people be like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. We are yeah. not perfect human beings. I, sorry but you're gonna have the ones where it's just not gonna have an effect on them at all yeah they checked out yeah they're not gonna care right but it may help the ones that didn't really know mm -hmm. now fully understand what's going on right you know because i know 
and like it's still two different worlds but I know like with um like you guys know like I have my husband and I have my boyfriend Mm -hmm. and there are I've had like I've talked to EMTs uh and I've you know they I remember when um when I when my levels would drop at my job that I worked at that wouldn't let me eat anything at my desk oh my god even even with them knowing you have diabetes uh-huh oh my gosh yep that shouldn't be that's not right that's, that's a, oh man uh-huh but i had the emts there and they were helping bring me out of it and everything and all of that and so me and them were just talking i remember one of my supervisors was sitting next to me and they was like all right her levels are coming up and uh my supervisor was like man you guys did really really good and i remember them telling my supervisor actually she was really easy to deal with Mm -hmm. my supervisor kind of looked at them like i don't i don't understand what you're talking about they were like there is nothing we hate more than coming to a little diabetic like this going Mm -hmm. through a hypo he was like because they end up with some superhuman strength that we don't understand (laughs) he was like they fight us and and it's difficult and everything he was telling my supervisors all of that my supervisor just looking like wait, that could happen. They were like, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But then I remember it's like my husband, like I remember when my mom, everything, I remember I came out of a hypo with my older brother, my twin brother and my mom sitting on top of me. Mm-hmm. So I, as soon oh, as I came yeah. out, yeah, yep. they said I would not stop fighting them. They couldn't get me to take anything. They, Oh my God, That's it was crazy. bad. And yeah. they, they were just like, how are no. you so little and you're just <laughs> like, they weird? could not understand that. That's so crazy to me. Yeah. Happened to me. And I remember my mom trying to explain it to my husband. And yeah. my husband's just, you know, he's he's bigger than me and everything. So he's just like, whatever. <laughs> but like I said, sometimes going through it is what can change you. Mm-hmm. First time my husband went through that shit. I remember coming through it and he was just sitting on the bed like <laughs> I'm looking at him like so, uh, <laughs> what, what happened? He was just like, <laughs> like he, he was kind of sweating and everything. And I was just like, damn, what'd I do? You see I nail marks, blood right everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, but after that, he was just like, okay, I see what your mom was talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, totally understand this, you know? Yeah. But like, but that was him. And it was just, he, from that point on, like now, he knows what to do. The minute I start slipping into it, he instantaneous. Mm-hmm. First thing he does, everything, all of that shit. Like he he knows it now. But right. I've been with him. Like this don't air, right? So I need to get the dates right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you gonna, gonna be in trouble if you don't get the exact month. Right. <laughs> well, you might have to pull up your calendar. Right. Oh my god. Okay, wait, wait. Okay, so we were married in two thousand. Wow. Yeah, so we were married in 2004, but we were engaged for a year, and then we dated for a year. Okay. So what is that, like 16, 18 years or something like that? It's been a really long time. So we'll just, we can put it at a long time, and that way you keep yourself safe. Exactly. <laughs> over 10 years, over 15 years, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Over 15 long years. Long time, yeah. But he's 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 been there for so long, and then, like, the boyfriend, he's just like, 
well, you know, you just, you, 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 you respond so well and everything and you just, you just do whatever he says and everything. And my husband had to say, no, 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 hold on. Like, mm-hmm. he was like, I, I've had to fight with her too. He yeah. was like, she doesn't know what she's doing. Like, you have to understand that. He was like, when she comes out of it, she'll be looking at you and you'll have to tell her everything she did because mm-hmm. she won't know. Mm-hmm. He was like, and so he was like, it's not that she's responding to me instead of responding to you. He was like, she's just responding. Right. You know, so now the boyfriend, now that he's getting accustomed to it and he's, it, he's starting to understand, he's starting to see. Mm-hmm. So now he's starting to know, okay, so she's slipping into, or she's like, I, I go to sleep and if I don't wake up, they know I've probably already gone into a hypo. So now it's a matter of bringing me out of it because they don't know how long, you know, if you, it happens while you sleep, there's no way of knowing how long it's been that Mm -hmm. way. So now he knows exactly what to do, how to do it, how to, as horrible as it's going to sound, how to restrain me. So I'm not (laughs) beating the gas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, so. We turn into a whole different person when we're low. A hundred percent. But it's, it's the truth. Oh my God. It is so the truth. Like I wish I could say, I didn't do all of this shit, but I know I do it. You're like, that's not me. I could never. And you're like, yep, that same. You know yeah. what? Actually, remember, it's not me. Remember, yeah. my diabetes, her name is Anelia. It's Anelia. <laughs> Anelia be doing all this shit. It's not me. It's yeah. So she, she's going with some problems. You know? uh, we, yeah, you got to. don't talk about her like that. Sometimes she, yeah, she, sometimes she takes over, but you got to bring her back down. Yeah. Right. I got to be gotta like, stuff hey. her down. Yeah. <laughs> Get back in line, yeah. Uh, you're getting out of control. That reminds me too. Yeah, I was one time. I was, I was, I think I was in high school, and I was for. I was like one of those. I don't know if you ever felt it, but it was like one of those lows. But it was one of those weird scenarios where I didn't feel low. I was just acting different. So I went. I was like, I'm, I feel like going downstairs and making some oatmeal. So I made some. I was making some oatmeal. Put the oatmeal in. I was went to the refrigerator. Then it was like filling up with water, and I just let it slip through my hands. And I was just looking at it. I was like, totally in a trance. And my parents came, like, ran downstairs to hear the glass break, and they're like what are you doing? What's wrong? What's wrong? I was like, I looked at them and like, Oh, I don't know. They instantly knew that I was low, but I, I didn't understand. Maybe I was just so low. I wasn't understanding it, but they sat me down and they're like, drink some juice, Brendan. You're low. They tested me. I was like, I think it was 30 or 40. Something super low or 20. It was, I was like 22. And, uh, they're like, drink some juice. I was like, no. They're like, what? Drink hey. some-. I was like, drink some juice. I was like, no, I don't want to. I'm not going to drink it for no reason. Like it's just, they asked, it was like, they asked, I, they asked me to do some drugs or something. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not drinking the juice. You can't make me. I literally said that. And my, my dad ended up slapping me and, and like, they opened my mouth and just drank it because <laughs> years, yeah, years prior to that, I had a seizure, but you know, but they're afraid of that happening. So you have to do what you got to do, but it's like, it's so true. You turn into someone completely different or I need, to, I need to think of a name for my diabetes Anelia. yes because i'm not i'm not claiming Anelia as part of me That's not when she be doing some crazy shit like that that yeah. is not nope i don't know her she needs to get her act together yeah. i ain't got time for this so <laughs> i was like no she needs a name like there's no way it's so that way like you know you meet me i'm like hi i'm i'm anita um the, uh this part is Anelia. Like, mm. you're going to be hanging out with both of us today. <laughs> I don't know when Anelia might be popping up. <laughs> she might show you. <laughs> she might say hi. Yeah. Right. She might <laughs> you might meet her. You might not. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
That's hilarious. That's funny. I, I, that's, I never even talked to anyone about that, about how they, you know, when you're low, you just rage out almost. That's so funny. I wish I understood why that was, though. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone's been able to explain that to me. Yeah, I was going to say doctors that. to like, I don't yeah. understand because I know when I get high and I've only had hypers, it's almost 22 years. Mm -hmm. um, I want to say I've only had hypers like four times. Okay. And when those happen, really I'm good. like, I'm lazy. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like I'm walking in slow motion. My, my heart is at an accelerated mm -hmm. beat. My mouth is so damn dry and everything. It's just, so I'm like so lazy, like so chill. Like I've never done drugs, but you probably think I was high as hell when you see me in a high Yeah. Like, damn, what you do? <laughs> you know, like that's how I look when I'm having a hyper. Yeah. But you just yeah, when, energy when, levels when you are get low. low. I don't understand why it's it's like Switch, you, yeah. you become full of rage and you're you're mm -hmm. fighting and you're you know. Mm -hmm. You need to do something, but you're but still like, like, nah, uh, get up off me. I don't want to do it. Like, get away from me. Like, <laughs> I wish a doctor could explain that to me because yeah. I've never had anyone to date <laughs> explain why this is. Right. It's like, I was going to say, it's, it's, it's a survival thing, but it really isn't. It's like anti-survival. No, it's, anti it's like it's anti-survival instincts right there kicking in. Right. It's like, hey, here's some food to bring you out of it. Get that away from me. I want that shit. Like, I want to be low. Yeah. Food. It's so interesting. It does. I, does, I can't wrap my head around it. it does, it's like something so little as drinking juice. I, you know, it's like, what? Doesn't make sense. You, you just you don't want it. Like right. I don't know. It's it's the weirdest thing. But yeah. diabetes is weird. Huh. Sometimes you just can't explain it. It's like I I was reading this thing the other day, and it, um I was doing research for this episode I wanted to do. Or I did about uh getting highs in the morning, and it it had a list of all the things that could affect your blood sugar. It was saying the placement of the moon, the weather, where you're at in the United States, all these little things. I'm like I'm just not even gonna try at this point. I might just. You're it's like, like where the moon is in the sky right. like i have control over that yeah exactly so it's like you know i, I think there's a random tangent but people who are so you know like think like oh i gotta beat my diabetes like my blood sugar has to be 100 all the time i think it'll just go crazy because diabetes is unpredictable like it, it's you know you control what you can but it, for the most part it's like a lot of this stuff is you know just random you know you can't it's i've said like like, and then, and like, that's like, so I've had issues with employment and things like that because mm -hmm. like I've told several uh, type ones and diabetics in general, list it. Mm. When you go in, fill out that job application, say it. Mm -hmm. You are a diabetic. If you are a type one diabetic, you are a type one diabetic. You got to list it. Yes, there are chances they'll be like, ooh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Even though they know they're not supposed to. You know they still do it. <laughs> but, you know, but yeah. if you get the job and it wasn't on your application, it wasn't mentioned in your paperwork, now you become a liability and right. there is grounds to fire you because they didn't know. Mm -hmm. And something happens at the job and no one knows what to do because you never told them right. you had a disability. So this is what needs to be monitored. HR knows what's going on because you said it in your paperwork, mm -hmm. you know, but I've had like so many people like, well, I don't want to have to say that and everything. And I'm like, but it helps you in the right. long run. Yeah. Because exactly. if you was to pass out 
first thing they're going to do is call the ambulance and HR is going to be like, oh, she, uh, paperwork, uh, uh, type one diabetic. That, that's, that's what right. the paperwork said. Mm -hmm. Whereas you pass out. Like, oh, I don't, I don't could, know. Yeah. She could have not eaten that day. She could have been tired. It could be any of these things that they have to fumble through rather than just knowing exactly. Exactly. Right. And then just knowing so that the EMTs would know, oh, diabetic, this is what we got to do first. This is how right. we got to deal with this. This is what we got to do. As opposed to, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so what do we do now? Yeah, you know? and then you're all that extra time without getting the stuff that you need because you didn't want to put it on your paperwork. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's it's something that we have to do. Like, and I love hearing people say, <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna catch so much shit for this. <laughs> oh, I love hearing people say, I'm not just my diabetes. Well, excuse me, you don't <laughs> exist without your diabetes. Like, seriously. Yeah, if you yeah. don't accept, honor, understand, respect the fact that you and diabetes are going hand in hand until they cure it. Mm -hmm. Come on now. Right. Like, I Exactly. I, <laughs> you gotta. I, I hate to say. I hate to use the name, but you really do just gotta embrace it. Like you just. You know. That's the whole. The whole part of this thing is like. Yeah, it's part of who I am. I always bring it up. Like you gotta just be proud of. You gotta rock it. You know. Like I used to be so like. I used to test myself under the desk, like all quiet, like try to make no one. And then you know, be all quiet. But you know, just take your shot up here when I used to take my injections. You probably like the way you you got it right here on your arm. Like you know, yeah. like you're proud of it. It's just who who we are. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like, I like the decal. I'm taking the decal, the flowers. That's dope. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> had to do it. Had to yeah. do it. Yes. Cool. Like I, but see, like for me, I, I had to get to that stage. Yeah. Same. So it took like, man, I don't even know what happened. It just happened one day. Mm -hmm. um all through high school I always thought I was kind of heavier than everybody I hated my weight blah 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 whatever <laughs> um and I was literally at my lowest when I was diagnosed almost I want to say about three four months into being diagnosed my lowest weights almost five four and I was about 79 pounds okay and yet I was still like oh my god I'm fat I, <laughs> oh my god, I was stupid but you know yeah we're all stupid <laughs> yeah, that's true very very much so but i had to um i remember every time i had to do my injections first thing i did like i'd go into the bathroom stalls mm -hmm. and i put my coat over the cracks in the bathroom so stalls. So yeah, yeah. yeah and then i do my injections like i'm doing drugs and stuff or <laughs> and then i put everything away <laughs> and everything. And then I take my coats and stuff off the walls and then I come out the bathroom and I'm normal looking, you know? Uh, yeah. And then one day I'm in the bathroom and I'm like sitting on the toilet, had everything blocked off and hidden and everything. And I'm like getting ready to draw my insulin. And I was just kind of like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And so then I was like, let me see. So I gathered my stuff put it in my bag, came out the uh, stall, went to the bathroom sink, wiped the whole sink down, mm -hmm. and then I put all my stuff on the sink. Then I washed my hands, tested my glucose levels. I knew what I was getting ready to eat and everything. And I remember I was drawing my insulin right as someone came in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I did was I drew my insulin and I turned and I was like, I <laughs> put, the, put the bottle down, injected and everything. <laughs> cleaned it broke the syringe yeah. and everything i was like have a good day <laughs> walked out the bathroom and the look on their face was like, like 
<laughs> they just didn't miss. Right, like, oh my God, she just shoot up in front of me. Yeah. Like, it was, the look was priceless. Mm-hmm. And once I hit that, then, oh, my, my brothers were tortured horribly. <laughs> that was liberating, like, I'm sure, that moment. Huh? That, that was, I'm sure it, that was a liberating moment. It felt good because it was just like, why am I, tr- like, what, what, what is, what am I trying to, mm-hmm. oh, whatever. Oh, yeah, like, exactly. Right, because I, I couldn't understand why I felt like doing this, my injections and things like that was a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 even today, I don't understand why I thought it was bad. It was like, oh my God, I'm doing something bad or whatever, and I have to hide this now. So people don't know this bad thing that I'm doing. Like, I, right. I don't know what, what I was thinking, but <laughs> when I finally stopped doing that. Oh my God, I used to tease my brothers and stuff. I'd inject myself. I'm not telling anybody to do this. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I would inject myself, and then I would leave the syringe oh in. My- that's and then my brothers will ask for something to drink and I'll bring it to them and the syringe is just dangling in my stomach. Oh my god. Oh my god. Like once I learned I was cool with this, yeah. Oh, everybody was tortured by me. <laughs> like I ain't care. If you ain't like needles and syringes, you did not want to be around me because yeah. I was gonna mess up your life. I was gonna have the syringe hanging out the back of my arm, like, oh hey, my how god. y'all doing? The syringe just dangling and stuff. Like I was bad. I was horrible as soon as I became okay. Yeah, showing it off, you know. Yeah, right, right. But it was I. I had to get to that point, and mm-hmm. the more people hung out with me, like I, I told them from jump. I nope, I didn't care. Yeah. First thing you knew about me, hey, I'm gonna eat. I'm a type one diabetic. Uh, the, huh? <laughs> like <laughs> that was your introduction to me. That was it. <laughs> now you know. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah, I'm not wasting time trying to see if we gonna vibe and connect. Because yeah, if we ain't yeah. vibe and connect on this diabetic thing. Mm-hmm. He ain't gonna connect at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. there's no purpose in continuing. Exactly. So that was exactly. exactly how it was. It was like, hi, I'm Anita. I'm a diabetic. Uh, hi, Anita. I'm um, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm George. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not diabetic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm not diabetic. <laughs> right it's good though you put it it's good you just put it on the table you got nothing to be shy about nothing to be afraid about you don't have to go through that thing where like maybe they see your dexcom they don't know if they should talk about our address you know that weird little you know it's just it's out there now which is it's good like you know and that's the beauty in moments like that when you or maybe when you're taking your shot in public or you're testing in public or whatever i've i've started like there was somebody in my class who was te- like just testing the blood sugar right in front of me uh after class i went up to him i was like hey dude do you have diabetes I was like yeah i was like oh, i do too we became like best friends you know like the being shy you you refrain from moments like those from even ever happening or like um being able to even talk about it or you know raise awareness if someone you know thinks like oh maybe you are doing meth <laughs> you know like you're like oh no this oh, diabetes. yeah i've had so much like i i was at a movie theater and i had mm-hmm. usually i try and go with someone yeah but this time I, I just went by myself and okay. usually I go with someone because then I can leave my stuff there, go do my injection and then come back. But I was like, I had got my food and everything. And I was like, oh mm-hmm. damn, I'm <laughs> by myself. Mm-hmm. I can't bring all this in the bathroom. And I was like, oh, well, I just put my <laughs> stuff in the seat next to me, pulled out the syringe and everything was drawing the insulin. And there were people in the theater 
Mm -hmm. The next thing I know, this usher walks up to me. Excuse me, miss. I said, I'm a type 1 diabetic. He goes, I'm sorry about that. And he just walked away. <laughs> Everybody in the theater was like, oh. And I was like, y'all really think a drug addict going to sit up here and just shoot up in front of me? Come <laughs> right. on, people. Just right. right before the movie. Just, you know, trying to get high like, before this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I really couldn't <laughs> understand. And, like, the fact that somebody went and told. Like, you gotta be kidding me. Oh, man. Hey, I don't but, know if you know, but someone's shooting up heroin in the theater. You might want right. to address it. I yeah. might want to come and take, take <laughs> that person out of here. But I was happy that I did have an usher that as soon as I was like, I'm a type 1 diabetic. Oh, sorry about that. Right. And he just walked away. Mm -hmm. He didn't question it. He didn't ask any questions. He just understood, walked away. Boom. And exactly. left it alone. Yeah. So I was just like, no. <laughs> Whoever said that back there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Oh man. That hurt me to no end. But it was <laughs> it was interesting. It was an interesting situation because would I have done that if I wasn't a diabetic? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh like know. yeah, oh like uh let somebody yeah, I get that. I can understand that. It's because I don't know. Yeah, especially like, Especially if you've, I, I, I do think about that a lot. Like when I don't think I wouldn't have even known what diabetes was for so long because I, I got it from when I was a, a little kid. So when people would find out when I, in my class, <laughs> wouldn't even know what diabetes is. So maybe for a lot of those people who see that happening, like don't even know, like maybe they hear about it. You know, they hear the normal stuff like, oh, overweight people get diabetes or my grandma had this and that. But they don't, you know, they don't see it up in person like that, you know, maybe. Exactly. React out of fear or whatever. So yeah. I don't know. Like, would I have been one of those people like, oh my God, look, they shooting up over there. Go, go get something. <laughs> like, would I have been that person? Yeah, good had point. Had I not gone through everything I went through. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it's, exactly. <clears throat> it's, um, when I had posted, you know, like the T1D Lifestyles videos uh, back in November about representation, mm -hmm. <clears throat> one of the things, like, this is one of the reasons why I'm like, I push so hard for the representation of all races, people mm -hmm. of color and everything, especially in the type one community, because I feel like a lot of the ignorance, and I can say this, the ignorance me and my family had about mm -hmm. diabetes was because type two was more prominent in the African-American community. Okay. So when they told me I had juvenile diabetes, also known as type one diabetes, we was just like, I'm sorry, what's that? Right. But even though it was on the news and I was diagnosed in 98. Were there, even today, were there mm -hmm. black people and everything speaking out about being diagnosed with type one diabetes, mm -hmm. about having juvenile diabetes and things like that? Did they exist? Was there someone I could look to and be like, Oh my God, I got what she has. Gotcha. What, yeah. Did that That's exist? True. Was right. that a reason for me to be like, Oh, the type one that, let me go look this up. That black woman got it. What is it? <laughs> it was there anything out there for me to see? Yeah. So I can not. understand it. It, mm -hmm. it didn't exist. Right. So I think because of that, when we heard diabetes, we thought of overweight, not mm -hmm. eating right, you know, <laughs> things like that. You know, that was what we instantly thought of. And my mom was like, I remember her. She was like, how could she have diabetes? Look how thin she is. Mm -hmm. That was like the first thing my mom said to the doctor. Yeah. You know, um, she was like, no, she doesn't. She's too thin to have diabetes. There's no way she's a diabetic. Pre-check, yeah. And the doctor was like, you know, there are actually two different kinds of diabetes. My mom was like, I'm sorry, what? Mm -hmm. 
And then that's when he laid it on the line and we were just like, oh. Right. But we um, didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think, yeah, it, the ignorance of, yeah, I think ignorance just comes from a, a lack of mis like it's it's a lack of information and ign ignorance does sound like a really negative word like oh you're ignorant because that's how like it's used but ignorance is just really a lack of information and i think the best way to yeah. and, and just to kind of i guess make everything connect i think that one of the key points of everything is if to, to remove that ignorance of oh cops are a certain way or oh um the black community is a certain way or even oh type 1 diabetics are a certain way it's just a be informed and to you know yeah exactly and, you know and just yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly like right yep yeah yeah exactly and i think if we take that time to you know sit and listen even bringing it back to what you're saying about how with the training they need to those people who were um in those brutal brutal moments like they just need to be heard you need to sit and listen so i think everyone needs to be heard during this moment there's effective ways on how to go forth from this point forward. And I think that a lot of that stems from just misinformation and ignorance, but. Um, but it's, it, and, and unfortunately it's, it's, it's everyone. Yeah. Unfortunately, because one of the hardest things I have, cause I still catch flack from like black folks and everything too. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I had an argument with this woman on Facebook. Uh oh, dangerous. Uh -oh. Facebook arguments are dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, it what was happened? more for what did she say she was like there are no good cops oh. and there's especially no such thing as a good white cop oh my and gosh yeah yeah uh-huh and i was like for real <laughs> and then she had the nerve to tell me what upsets me more is that you as a black woman had the nerve uh. to marry your oppressor i was like uh-uh <laughs> And then she had the nerve to try and come back at me with that. I was like, yeah, it don't feel good when you're profiled, you're stereotyped, you're based on a stigma that someone else created for you, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. it don't feel good for that, does it? I said, mm -hmm. so then why are you doing the same thing? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, people, it's like they, they want some sort of resolve and they want, like, peace. But at the same time, they're, yeah, they're they're giving out that same hate that they feel like they have at the same time. It's like, it can't be F cops. It can't be like, they all deserve to die. I feel like if you are have that mindset, but expect peace coming the other way, it's nothing's ever going to change. Exactly. <laughs> I was yeah. And then I had the, um, I have um, another group that was all about like, again, that hardcore only support black businesses. Don't support any other business, <laughs> but black businesses and go to black owned restaurants only and this oh, and this man. and this. And I'm just like, so y'all just want segregation to come back. Like, I mean, just let me know. Like, because that's exactly what this shit is sounding like. Like, I thought we fought against segregation, but now y'all telling us, right. as Black folks, we need to only support Black businesses, hmm. only attend Black things and stuff like that. So what, what was the point in our ancestors fighting against segregation? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I'm not understanding where you guys are coming from. Right. I was like, it's, it's not, I said, yes, I do agree promoting businesses outside of the white race. Yes, that is a necessity, but it's only a necessity until that goes away. 
because I shouldn't have to say, well, I'm going to a Black-owned restaurant, <laughs> and then I went to a white-owned restaurant. I should right. just be like, oh, I went to this restaurant. Man, that's <laughs> good. You know, like, that's all it should be. It should just be a damn restaurant that I went to. Right. You know? And if the food was amazing, the food was amazing. I shouldn't have to pinpoint it was an Asian restaurant or an Asian-owned restaurant or Latin-owned restaurant or a Black-owned restaurant. Like, it's... I want that to go away. It should just be a restaurant mm -hmm. or a store or an event. Like it should just be that. So I understand bringing the awareness about the restaurants or the businesses outside of white America, you know? Mm -hmm. I understand that. But we should only be pushing it to the point that it becomes just as mainstream as the white owned businesses. Mm -hmm. That should be what we're trying to do. Not to say stop supporting anyone that ain't black no <laughs> that that totally goes against what our ancestors fought for so what the hell like are we thinking right yeah the whole the label yeah the labeling is where it can get dangerous it's like yeah ex i 100 percent agree with you that's a very good point oh, i'm like man. i just wanted and and i told them i said like in the video on instagram i said if we don't find a way to come together this is going to constantly be a problem. And then we can't look at our world as a way to grow or be prosperous because this is always going to be here. And eventually it's going to burn down. Mm -hmm. Like there's no way you can grow if this stays like this. It's yeah. never going to happen. Like we're seeing it now, you know, mm -hmm. people are pissed off about the riots and the burning and all of that shit. But if it continues this way, it's going to get so much worse before it gets better. Yep. So we need to figure out a way to work together, to see each other as equals, treat each other as equals, like <laughs> across the board, okay? Right. <laughs> because if we don't, everything's going to burn. Yep. And then we're going to have absolutely nothing. And the only people we're going to be able to blame is ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're treating each other like the enemies, but we got to be, you know, working together. They, Yeah, that makes, that, that, it makes a really good point because I think a lot of the narrative, like the narrative has switched from like almost to equality to like, now it's almost like uh, an F cops thing, which I see, I see more and more on social media to where it's like, it's not like, Hey, we need to be all equal. I think um, black and white people need to be in the same, they need to, they deserve the same justices when they're getting arrested and uh, going through trial and all that, all those things need to be equal. But I think, it goes like people see that video of George Floyd and they get angry and they think all cops are like that. The yeah. same thing goes with like, you know, if you, if you see a video of like a certain race doing something and, and the ignorant people will see that and like, Oh man, I can't believe they're all like that. You know, it's like, um, it's, it's just, it's, it's horrible. It's yeah. Ignorance. And right. there's no softer way to describe it, but that's what it is. It is mm -hmm. ignorance. Right. You are letting the ignorance control and move you instead mm -hmm. of finding a better way to deal with that ignorance right you know? yeah yeah i i think yeah that that reminds me of like um i i know where i i understand where a lot of frustration comes from from both like the black community and the cop community um when i posted that thing yesterday on embrace i had a, a comment from um a white cop and he was kind of like telling me i can't believe uh you would post something like this like i this is supposed to be um, a, t a T1D page and I have to come on here and see like all these things promoting rage. And now I get to see how many bricks I'm going to be thrown at like when I get to work.
but it was it had nothing it was no it wasn't an anti-cop thing it wasn't like a it was honestly just say hey we, we you know we're in support and things like that um where what is your stance on that whole thing like um what what do you what do you feel about like the like i guess in the, the whole span of like um where from the beginning of like just social media posting to the next level would be like um like protesting, like peaceful protesting, and then all the way up to rioting. What What do you think is necessary? What do you think? What are your thoughts on that? Um, honestly, and like this is like one of the things me and like I just I'm not about violence. Yes, mm. I know I do acting, I do fights. <laughs> I, I know I do all that shit. But <laughs> 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 let me explain something. <laughs> <laughs> it's characters that I'm playing. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm totally against it. I am not for violence. You know, mm. um, something goes wrong. Your first thing is to hurt and beat and kill and do. I'm completely against that. Like me and my husband, we're in agreement of almost everything mm-hmm. except the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm you mentioned a little bit. Mm-hmm. I am 100% against the death penalty. He's not. Mm-hmm. But that is, I'm just like, it, it, uh, I, I, I can't, I can't stand by that. Okay. You know, even if someone killed someone and everything, and like, especially in George Floyd, everything, all of that. Sh- yes, I understand. It was, <sighs> yes, but I'm still against the death penalty. I really am. Like, yeah. I, it's just who I am. So, anything to the point of violence where your actions will harm hurt or even kill someone else no mm-hmm. it there for me there's no room for error on that it's a no it's a hard no i can't um even in instances of self defense i'm still it's it's self defense but it's not to kill you know like i was coming home from uh, my bowling league one night and uh, we bowled we just bowled for fun after the league was over my dad husband and them they still wanted to bowl and I was like man mm. I'm tired I'm gonna go home <laughs> and they was like all right cool and they was like but you gotta take your bowling ball home and I was like you know what that's fine because I, I had a tournament or something and I was like I'll just carry it it's no big deal mm. and I was gonna catch a bus or something like that but then I was like from the bowling alley to my house it's about a 20 minute walk I was like do a 20 minute walk it ain't no big deal <laughs> so i'm carrying my stuff and everything and i'm doing it walk into the walk into my house and all of a sudden this guy comes up in front of me with a knife oh my gosh and he's asking for my shit oh now, my god yeah he was stupid i mean thank god yeah um because i had my purse here and then i had my bowling bag over oh. the purse so I told him, I was like, okay, but my purse is right here. I have to get my, I have to move my, my overnight bag out of the way. And he's just like, all right, then just hurry up and do it. And I was like, okay, okay. And I grabbed the handle and I bowled with a 15 pound bowling ball. I <laughs> shit out of that ball. <laughs> off running. You know, I probably could have killed him. I did not aim for his face. Mm-hmm. I aimed for his arm, the arm that held the knife. I disarmed him, you know, and mm-hmm. then I took off. Granted, I know easily I could have swung that thing at his head and that would have been it. But yeah, I couldn't. That was I, I just just disarmed him. 
disarm him, put him to the ground, and leave. You mm-hmm. know, do what you can to get away. That's that's just me. You know, mm-hmm. I I just I can't. I don't understand it, but I really can't. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, for sure. I can, I can definitely, that's, a, first off, let me address, that's the most insane story I've ever heard. That's intense. That's like on some, <laughs> you see that in a movie. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, my uh-huh. gosh. I can't believe you got out of there alive and that quick thinking. I would have been like, oh, my, that's insane. But, yeah, it, I think it takes that, that level of critical thinking, you know, when people are like, uh, you know, when you hear stories about, like, people who, like, die from, you know, shooting or whatever like that. It's like you have to shoot for the leg and arm. And, and every it, everyone thinks differently at critical levels, but to be able to to think about hitting his arm and throwing the knife out and then running is a very, you know, that's, impo- that's important, very smart. Like, I don't know if I could do the same thing under I, such like stress. Like I said, I, I totally know. Most people are like, man, I'm going to take you out. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and still been I, hitting while he's on the ground. Right, while he's on the ground. <laughs> yeah. <with> the <laughs> you know? Here's the thing. I wouldn't necessarily say I disagree with that because in a situation like that, everything gets heightened. Mm-hmm. You're, someone's holding a knife to you, mm-hmm. you know? one wrong move and you you don't know yeah so you're gonna be defensive and then if you get the upper hand you may have that fear if i don't take this person down what if they follow me mm-hmm. what if i run into them again what if that so it's like it's right. everything is so heightened so i could totally understand someone knocking the person to the ground and still going i right. could understand that because it's 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 still fear that's mm-hmm. that's driving that you know even though the person's on the ground you you manage to not hurt yourself and remove yourself and everything but there's that fear that what if they got up and while mm-hmm. i'm trying to get away they follow me yeah and now they're pissed because i don't injured them mm-hmm. so now they're gonna you know so right. i totally get it either way mm-hmm. i would have understood it it's just for me I just needed to disarm the person and get away. That's all I needed to do. And mm-hmm. I did, so I was good. I had an instant that people say it was profiling and things like that. Maybe, don't know. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, me and my friend, uh, Teresa, she's Hispanic. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we were coming home from a movie. It was kind of late. How old were we? We were like 20, 19, 20. We weren't 21 yet. We're coming home from the theater and to get to the theater or coming from the theater to walk to the train station, maybe a 10 minute walk. And then from from the train, then get to my house or get off the train at my stop. And then it was another seven minute walk from the train. But we're just walking and we're about, four blocks from the train like you could see it in front of us mm. and this squad car just pulls up oh man my girl she just you know let's just breathe a little bit you know like no no need and so they get out the car and they come up to us and they say excuse me um what are your names? Where are you going? And I was like, I'm Anita. This is my friend, Teresa. We're going to the theater. Mm-hmm. Or no, we're coming home from the movie theater. And they were like, you are? I was like, yeah. And they was like, and like, I'll admit, it was interesting that they were 
stopping us. But there were other people walking down the sidewalk too. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of weird, like, are we not supposed to be on the sidewalk? I mean, were they doing construction <laughs> or something? Like Yeah. Oh, so they just picked you guys out and just asked for information. We, I, I don't just, know. Yeah. I really don't know. But it was weird. I was just like, you know, because like across the street, walk in and everything. And I'm just like, y'all, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not going to act out. Yeah, I'm just like I'm not. Uh-huh. And so literally, the police was like, um, "Do you have your ID and everything?" A lot of people don't know. In some states, if you do not have an ID, you can't be detained until they can verify who you are. Okay, I didn't know that. Illinois or maybe Chicago, but mm-hmm. that is how it is here. Okay. So. First thing I was like was, oh, yeah, I can get it out of my bag. I had a backpack, so pulled out my backpack and pulled out my ID. My girl, Teresa, grabbed hers. We showed it to them. Mm-hmm. ID showed where we lived and everything. And they were just like, oh, so you take the red line. I was like, yeah, I take it to Wilson and we get off at Wilson. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, okay. And literally, they were just like, all right, we need you guys to hurry up and just get home, blah, 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 and all of that. You know, they gave us our IDs, IDs back and we got to go home, or at least to my house. And it was just like, why us? Why did y'all pick us? Like, what the hell is going on? Like, there are other people on the sidewalk and people behind us, people yeah. around us. And like, what <laughs> right. the hell is going on? <laughs> but, um, and then like when Teresa and I got back to my house and then Teresa had gone home, my mom was like, oh, did you guys hear about that shooting that happened over by the theater? And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Oh, wow. Like, oh. Yeah, the by the theater, you guys were at. She was like, you guys went to the one on uh, Western and everything. I was like, uh, no, Webster. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, we did. She was like, yeah, apparently. She was like, I knew y'all weren't involved because it happened during the time of your movie. Oh, but by the time we got out of the theater. Oh. It was a possibility. Yeah. They were still looking. And from what I was told, supposedly, again, I don't know how true this was, but they were looking for a black and a Hispanic female. Okay. So the okay, that makes sense. So now I'm replaying the incident and I'm (laughs) like, if we had given them any reason. Oh wow. Y'all would have been halfway. Yeah. (laughs) Any reason. Yeah. I was just like, wow. This could have ended so bad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My mama and daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. But I'm not going to lie. Like, we were kind of like, why does all these other people get to, Mm -hmm. you know, like, why y'all, why y'all talk? But then, like, when they did say, and like from what I heard, it like uh, it was like one of the female gangs or whatever. So then on top of that, whatever the shooting may have been, it was involving rival gangs. And because we got stopped, mm-hmm. because we may have favored who they were looking for, I understood why the police told us just hurry up and get home. Yeah. Oh, you know, okay. You see what I mean? Because mm. they stopped us because we may have fit the description, but what if whoever the rival gangs had been had saw us first? Gotcha, yeah. 
So I was yeah. just like, wow, this, wow. Could have been <laughs> a lot different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this whole situation could have gone totally different. <laughs> wow. there, like, there were two, so many different scenarios that could have played out in this mm-hmm. situation alone. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, thank God I kept my food. <laughs> everything that your parents taught you was just running through your head yep yes smart man yep oh man that's incredibly smart yeah because people will instantly jump into why you got it you know like why you you know why'd you pick me or why why not me and not that person across the street this and that but hey Mm -hmm. can't be calm given your id and you're about your business but that's you know that's a smart way to be about it yeah and they probably would have been like i ain't got to show you shit yeah And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You, you do. You have to have ID. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have yeah. yeah. If you don't have ID, you can be detained. Like, mm-hmm. no lie. And like the, and it's funny because I learned about that because of my husband. Mm-hmm. But okay. I also learned about that because I bartended. Okay. So that was something that oh. we had to be informed of mm-hmm. as a bartender. You know, makes sense. We gotta look at ID first and foremost. But if they don't have ID, they aren't allowed anywhere in our bar. You know, oh, they cannot okay. be in there. There is no if ands or buts about it or anything. Oh right, so, so then, you know, legal drinking age, all that. Yeah, gotcha. So sense. that like it didn't just come from my husband teaching me all of this shit. But mm. It also came from you know bartending and everything. Like, oh, so because I remember. I tell my husband I'm running to the store and I was just going to run down the street to 7-Eleven, mm. grab something. And I was like, I got my cash. I'll just be right back. My husband was like, get your purse. Why do I need my purse? Your ID's in there. Mm. I'll be right back. I need to get your purse. <laughs> get your ID. <laughs> okay. You know? But now that I know, yeah. now I'm like, well, I'm just running to the store. Let me grab my ID. Yeah. And my money. And now I'm running to the store. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, you need to always be with your ID. That's that's smart. And even if you think, like, oh, I'm just going across the street. Like, I don't need it. You really never know. You, yeah, because, yeah. Lord forbid, something happens. Like, you get hit by a car. Mm-hmm. No way to identify who you are. Right. Exactly. So, now people are like, well, she said she was going to the store. Uh, what does she look like? But mm-hmm. they don't know because yeah. you ain't got no form of ID, no form to identify who you are, What the, like nothing. Yeah, especially so, if you're alone, no one's going to be able to, you know, explain who you are, what your name is mm-hmm. exactly. Smart. Oh, man. Crazy. You're crazy. You got some, <laughs> you got some good stories. I can sit here and talk to you all day about these I, crazy things that's been going man, on. You need, to, <laughs> you need to have a TV show just about what goes on in that bowling alley. So, so oh you, you, you could have eight seasons alone in that bowling alley. <laughs> oh no, we really could. We really could. We really Netflix could. Netflix original right there. Dang. Oh my god. Everybody and like, oh yeah, that'd be cool. Just call it the bowling alley. <laughs> the bowling alley. <laughs> you can sell you can sell the bowling alley members t shirt and all that. You go crazy. <laughs> you got the, the full cast, you got a oh man, that's awesome. Oh, it would be awesome. It would be hilarious. <laughs> Y'all go to the, the championships. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, my team. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh man. But um as we wrap up, thank you so much for being on the show. I would like um I guess if you could speak on just I guess get one more word out and speak on everything that's happening. I guess if you can address people who feel like I guess in all those types of the groups, maybe it's the 
the white community who feel like, okay, I need to, to show support in ways that we, we can help or ways that we can, um, ways to do it effectively rather than being that, that, that company that's just like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're here. You know, how, how do you think is the best way to go about it in that sense um, to show support? And then also the, for the people who are protesting, who are even rioting or loot or looting or the people who are saying F cops and things like that. I know we addressed how the, I, we um, talked about the, uh, the solution to that with the training and things like that. Those are all amazing points. But now it's more talking to the people who are um, rioting, looting, and even peaceful protesting in the streets. And then the people who are um, at home and wanting to help, wanting to sign petitions, wanting to show support in, in ways that they can. What, what is your piece on that? Um, it's honestly for everyone involved, like the biggest thing together. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't give a damn who you are. You're not going to do this by yourself. And we as a race, we're not going to do this by ourselves, period. You know, the white folks who think, well, you know, that's they problem. They can handle that. We're not going to be able to, you know. Um, and the instance of like one of the things like, yes, it does happen at a more accelerated rate for black and brown people. But police brutality is not just for us. It happens to everyone, you know? So even if you may feel like this is a black and brown issue, but if if it happens to someone you know and you are a white person, I, I don't want you to have to go through it to understand why we were fighting. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't want that for anyone. You know, I... I don't want anyone to have to understand racial profiling. I don't want anyone to have to understand discrimination so they understand what it's about because it's a horrible feeling to, un to be in. It really is and it sucks and it's not fair, but you see that it is happening, mm -hmm. period. You see that it's happening. So do something, you know, for the companies that like I said, maybe in six months, they'll still be saying they stand with us. But unfortunately, <laughs> only time is going to tell if they were really about it or if they were just full of shit. I, I don't know. I'm hoping I'm wrong on that. I'm really mm. hoping I'm wrong on that. Mm. But you just got to give them time. Like, this is a time where everything is actually, even before now, it, everything is out there you can see everything that's happening. It's almost impossible to sneak around and do anything anymore because. Yeah, everything's recorded. You can't get away. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you, you really can't get away from shit now. <laughs> yeah. So now that you're seeing it, I'm not telling you to understand what I'm going through. I'm not telling you to relate to the stories of the black and brown people that are going through this. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you see what is wrong. You know that it's wrong. Figure out a way for it to be made right. Because I don't want to say this, but sometimes if the ones that they want to target 
there are rules and regs set in place so that way they can no longer target us, mm -hmm. those bad cops are going to find other people to target. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like sense. if they are that bad and they really just don't care. And if it gets to the point where shit, I can't even touch that black person. Oh, look at that white motherfucker. Hey y'all, let's go over <laughs> You know, like, I mean, I'm sorry. Like I said, I don't want to say that, mm -hmm. but you got some of them out there where they just want to show yeah. off their power. Mm -hmm. They just want to show that you can't touch me. This is who I am. And mm -hmm. if they can't touch us, they gonna find somewhere, some way else to show that they can. Mm -hmm. So I don't want anyone else to have to go through it. So in order for it to stop, we have to be together on it. We have to be together across the board, all races, all ethnicities, all um, sexualities, all like genders. We have to be together because we're not gonna accomplish anything if we're well you you're not white you're not black you're not asian you're not like we're not gonna accomplish anything if we keep doing that so but true. if we say you know what i want to help y'all make this right that's all we're doing we're making it right and it's not just right for us it's going to be right for everyone period Dealing with the brutality, the what, the no warrant, no knock warrant, ugh, um, all, like all of this shit. Like, are you serious? Like, that's not just for us; it's for all of us. Because if they are no longer allowed to practice in such ways, it's gonna help everyone. You know. Mm -hmm. So we gotta do this together, guys. I'm sorry. I know you don't want to hear it. They, a lot of don't, but we have to. The only way to accomplish anything is to do it together. Those police officers, those good ones, look, I know y'all out there, okay? Mm -hmm. I ain't even going, those good, no. Y'all, you good <laughs> motherfuckers out there because I know y'all. I've been around y'all. Y'all mm -hmm. helped me and shit like that, you know? So I know y'all exist. We need y'all, like, I understand you got a job. You go to your job, you do your job. If you want, if you're working, but you want to take that knee with us, you want to sign that petition, you want to do that, do it. You know, you want to call out the officers that are doing something wrong and things like that. Do it. But also do your job and figure out how you done seen the wrong way to do it. So now you learn how to do it the right way. Mm -hmm. And you move forward doing it the right way. You know, because you done had tons of examples of the wrong way to do this shit. Mm -hmm. So you do it the right way. You know, show us that you're willing to learn, willing to grow, willing to become better at this job. So many people, and especially my friends, my black friends and my white friends, they only became cops because of how bad they were experiencing it. So they became cops so they could be better. So they can be that difference that they didn't see when they were growing up. So don't put them all in one pot because there are a lot of them that are trying. So give them that chance to try, you know, if they still have to go to work, but they want to come out and they want to talk to us, get our opinion and everything, try and talk to them. Don't be like, well, I got to say, no, 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 calm, bring it down. We don't need all that. Just talk to them, you know, get to hear, 
understand because the ignorance exists only because we don't want to. But if we could sit in a cop's shoes, understand what they're going through, when there are bullets flying at them, when they have chases to go through, when they have to investigate a crime scene, when they have murderers and stuff and no one wants to talk about what they saw, when they like yeah. talk to them, see what they have to deal with every single day and then hope they get to come home to their family, you know? Get to know them and then those cops talk to us know what we're going through why we may have fear when we at a grocery store and five officers walk up in there and we're just like hmm. um you know i'm good I don't, I don't i don't need this now you know like talk to us understand why we feel that way what we went through how we got to this point you know we're not gonna make anything happen if we're not willing to talk and listen to each other that's the only way we're gonna accomplish and change things. Because without it, we're just burying it further and then eventually it's gonna explode. Right, that's so true, yep. <laughs> he said it best, dang, he just dropped some knowledge on us right now. <laughs> he, just, he just got some wisdom on us, dang. I feel, I, feel I feel like a new person right now, that was awesome, holy crap. I got goosebumps, for real, that was, that was, that was great, that was beautiful, I, that was, I was from the heart and it's it's everything you said with I agree with it's so true with everything that's going on there's hate going from everywhere and that hate is stemming from hurt which you know on and everyone's in the cops and um, the people who are approaching the, the you know the black community it's all it all derives from hurt and I think what you're saying is we do need to stand together we, we do need to go through it together and we do need to to be that that change and that I mean, you said it. You said it differently. I got, I got goosebumps right now. What you said, man, <laughs> crazy. That was, a, that was awesome. Because, like, that's just how I was always raised. Like, mm -hmm. well, granted, I did get my ass beat, you know, because <laughs> I, I did stupid shit as a kid. Like, I'm not <laughs> but usually, my mom and dad would say, "All right, who did this? Why'd you do this? Mm -hmm. What was your reasoning behind this?" You know, they'd at least hear us. Granted, we would still get a whooping because we knew what we did was wrong, but they talked. Right. You yeah. know? So growing up, that was how I got through things. If I knew I did something wrong, my mom's going to give me a chance to explain why I did the wrong thing, knowing it was the wrong thing. Still going to get my punishment <laughs> for doing that wrong thing. Right. But she's at least going to give me a chance to talk about it. So for me, we got to give someone that chance to talk and we can't talk or we can't be listening to respond. Mm -hmm. We have to be listening mm -hmm. to understand. Right. Because there's a difference between the two. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Some, and I get, you, you know, you know, when you're having that conversation with someone, you know, they're just like waiting for what they're going to say next. They're hearing that breaking your dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, first of all, what I wanted to tell you was that, you know, like they just wait for that break. <laughs> yeah. You're like, all right, what? I'm not. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, it's the difference between listening and hearing for sure. Yeah. You're, you're but totally I think right. if we, but if we do all of that, things, the amazing things that can be accomplished, I truly believe they will be accomplished. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not gonna lie, they can be accomplished. I've had a lot of time to think, because unlike a lot of people, I spent over 80 days in my apartment. Mm -hmm. I ain't been outside, I ain't mm -hmm. done nothing. Mm -hmm. So, 
So I have been locked in for 80 days, okay? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I'm, I swear, I ain't been outside my place in 80 days, okay? Oh, yeah. So, I'm, right, I'm right there with you. But the point is, like, it's giving me time to understand, you know? Like, especially when... I know, like, especially in some interactions with my husband, and I, I know I've been a bitch. I'm not going to lie. Mm. But I've been a bitch because I know I, he can leave the house, you know, the boyfriend, they can leave the house. And mm. I'm high risk. I'm, yeah, I done exactly. dealt with Anita for 20, 22 years almost. Mm. I'm not trying to go outside and get sick <laughs> and then end up in the hospital. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. Like, you know, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. know some of it is me just snapping and acting out because God damn, why am I stuck in here? You know, yeah, yeah. Here. It's frustrating. Yeah. And I understand that, but they also know that mm -hmm. and they understand, understand that. So sometimes when I'm just screaming and everything, like it's just, they just sitting there like, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, they're just, right. they're listening because they know. I'm frustrated. You know, I've been locked in and I, mm -hmm. I ain't been able to go nowhere. I ain't been able to do nothing. <laughs> but they're listening. Right. And that's the most important thing, you know. As soon as I noticed that, I'm like, I I was um yell yelling, right? <laughs> mm. Sorry about that. My bad. You know, but I, I realize it. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they listened to me and I was able to say, Oh, damn, I need to calm it down. Mm -hmm. Bring it down just a little bit. Mm -hmm. let's go back to the talking mm -hmm. you know understand their side they're understanding your side right. so it's it's how we have to get through the rest of this you know mm -hmm. we have to understand we yeah. have to be willing to understand mm -hmm. and willing to listen because exactly. that's all we need right now right i 100 percent agree and i think if yeah if you're just in a conversation and you're just waiting to say your part the other person's not going to be heard and we're not going to get anywhere so good points good points dang some knowledge was dropped today I, Ania, <laughs> I never I, it's never a boring conversation with you i <laughs> thank you so much for for hopping on and giving us your piece on that your um your mindset on all this and and it's important to hear your your viewpoint on it because it's you are stuck in the middle of everything so um i appreciate <laughs> I appreciate having you on, Anita. Keep uh, Anila or Nelia under control yeah, out there. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't go crazy. I know everyone who's listening, every type one diabetic there is in your same spot as I am. Staying in the home with the quarantine is we're high risk. So like, I get excited when I get to go to Walgreens and pick up my insulin because it's the one outing I have an excuse to go out and do. You know, but um, See, I actually had mine picked up. Oh actually, no, man. I don't even pick up mine. They they go and get it for me. Oh wow! So you really? So again, yeah. I I'm nope. Oh, no, I'm not. although although I'm proud. <laughs> this week, I've started going to check the mail again. Okay, there you go. It's baby steps. So, baby steps. There right? you go. <laughs> you get the I breath mean, I'm still in my air. apartment building. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you okay? yeah. I check the mail. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. I don't know how we're gonna be able to readjust. Really, this is gonna be crazy if it does. If, it's you know, it's gonna it be scary, to but I know. Like seriously, I think one of the first things I'm gonna do. Like I know I'm not supposed to, but I'm I'm getting hugs. I don't mm -hmm. care, man. Mm -hmm. I need some hugs. So. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get my yeah. I, 
I'm gonna hijack some hugs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel like I haven't seen. I took I took for granted seeing those people that you love it almost every day. You know, now yeah, that's, I'm I'm in that same boat with you. I'm gonna just be like, hey, Brandon. Like, hey, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna start stealing hugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I better be prepared. <laughs> this, this, this. this is the warning Everybody right here. Hugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've been you've been officially warned. If you're there in, you go. So if y'all see me, you better cross the street or do something because if not, I'm <laughs> you're, yeah, you're in range. You're in radius. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Um, all right then, Anita. What? Where can we reach you on 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 Facebook and Instagram so we can see those videos that you're posting and and keep in contact with you? So on Instagram, it's um at Anita underscore Nicole underscore Brown. Mm-hmm. Um on I said Instagram, yeah. On mm-hmm. Facebook, it is um, Anita Nicole, or yeah, it is Anita Nicole Brown, in parentheses, the actress. Okay. And then on Twitter, I am actually at Anita N. Brown. Okay. And then I have, you know, the YouTube, which is um, where we post T1D lifestyles and things like that. So my videos and stuff will be on that. And I think it's Anita Nicole Brown. It's something. Okay. It's well, my name. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll figure it out and have something it in like the. I'll put, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna post this conversation on YouTube and I'll have all those in the links and then on our podcast I'll have those in the description as well. We'll make it easy for you. Uh, oh, thank God. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't have to. Yeah, there's so many things we got to remember. Um, yeah, guys, go ahead and follow her on those. Like this conversation, never boring with Anita. So you'll have fun following her. You can always spice up your day. Have some fun, but. <laughs> again thank you anita stay safe thank you for the conversation and um we'll, thank we'll, uh, you for wanting to have it thank you thank you yep yeah of course important, <laughs> important. there we go yeah we'll keep in touch i will i'll talk to you later thanks again have a good night always you too all right bye bye <laughs> later hey guys thank you so much for listening if you did listen um there is there will be in the in the bio and in the show notes um ways you can take action whether that be um texting or calling um governors or sheriffs to make a change um email or texting just be um, a list of petitions you can sign and um uh, five places that i think that are the best to donate right now again thank you so much for um for listening um take action in one of those um five ways listed below and at the end of this video if you're watching on youtube um, or in the link in the description thank you so much